0: Hello, and welcome to the Market Matters podcast by Emirates NBD. I'm Katija Huck, and I'm delighted to be joined by two colleagues today, Jean Walters, who is a senior economist in the research team and the author of our February paper on the UAE's new corporate tax, and Ludwig Nelson, who is the head of group taxation at the bank as well. Hi, Jean and Ludwig, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Uh, Katija. Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks. Uh, Jeanne, perhaps we can start with you. Um, could you give us an overview of why the UAE has introduced a corporate tax at this time? The budget, we know, recorded a substantial surplus of over 10% of GDP last year and is set to record another surplus, albeit a smaller one, in 2023.
2: So why have they imposed a new tax now? Thanks, Katija. I think there are two key reasons the UAE has elected to introduce corporate income tax now. One really clear reason is that it should help in diversifying government revenues away from hydrocarbons. So although we would still expect hydrocarbons to remain an important source of government revenue for some time, the large oil price decline we saw in 2020 on the back of the COVID pandemic really highlighted the importance of a more broad-based approach to raising revenue. A second reason is the adoption of the OECD's base erosion and profit shifting, otherwise known as BEPS, Pillar 2 framework by the UAE and a host of other countries back in 2021. Without going into too much technical detail, the Pillar 2 rule is essentially a global tax on large multinationals earning revenues of more than 750 million euros per year, And it's designed to ensure that these companies pay a minimum of 15% corporate tax on their global revenues. So regardless of whether the UAE introduced tax more broadly, this pillar two rule could mean that a set of large companies would be paying a form of corporate tax in the near future anyway. And there may well be some synergies between the administration of the pillar two rules and general corporate income tax more generally. So... It
0: makes sense then for the UAE to introduce a tax so that it collects the revenues rather than having another government collecting those revenues from UAE companies overseas. Is that a good
2: summary? Yes, that's exactly it. Um, It's also worth highlighting when thinking about this new tax, however, that the headline rate is uh, only 9%. And that's pretty low in comparison to most other countries. Uh, There are only a handful of jurisdictions around the world that still maintain a 0% corporate tax rate. In fact, when we look at the average global corporate tax rate, it's currently around 23%. And on top of that, not all companies are actually going to have to pay the tax because there are uh, quite a few carve outs that have been made. Uh, and on that note, it's probably worth bringing in um, our tax expert into the discussion. So, Ludwig, could you give us a brief overview of which companies' um, corporate income tax is going to apply to?
1: Sure. Thanks, John. Yeah, I think I would uh, like to start off by just saying it's a it's a common misnomer um, referring to it as as the corporate tax um, because in fact it it can actually be applicable to to both natural persons uh, as as well as corporates or legal persons. And uh, therefore, and in itself they there are different uh, conditions uh, that need to be met. so if if we start by looking at uh, natural persons, they've put a threshold in place, conducting of a business and a business activity where your revenues exceed a one million term threshold within a within a twelve month period. There are some exclusions that we need to take into consideration for that uh, for natural person to ultimately determine whether or not they exceed that uh, threshold for example, wages, which is now been defined uh, as well. I'm not going to go into the detail of each and every technical uh, uh, phrase, uh, but uh, believe me, they, they've all been defined. Personal investment income, that would now be anything generating interest or dividends uh, that you've invested into, and then also real estate uh, investment income. So those three uh, main categories of, of revenue needs to be uh, e- excluded uh, when the person is basically determining whether or not he is exceeding that threshold. And of course, he needs to be conducting uh, a business activity or a business. Um, so it can capture natural persons. Then in terms of uh, legal persons or corporates, it, you need to be uh, established, uh, of course, in, in the UAE. And it also captures uh, free zone uh, persons, uh, legal persons in, in, in this instance. It is also possible for, for foreign companies uh, to be captured by the UAE corporate tax regime if you are being effectively managed and controlled from within the UAE. So uh, that's, a, that's a, a bit of a technical one. Um, on the face of it, obviously, if you're domiciled outside of UAE, you think uh, it's it unlikely, um, but there, there are definitely instances where we control and effective management can take place from within the UAE, bringing that foreign domiciled entity into the ambit of, of the UAE corporate tax regime. And then lastly, in terms of uh, categories uh, to bifurcate, it would also be if your foreign or non-resident person has a permanent establishment uh, within the UAE or derives UAE sourced income or has a nexus in, in the UAE, which is generating or connected to some income being generated within the UAE that could also bring in a non-resident person. Um, So broadly, those are the, the, the main categories.
2: Okay, great. And as I mentioned earlier, there are a fair number of exemptions. So can you give us an indication of which types of companies or in what circumstances companies will be exempt from paying the tax?
1: Sure, sure. Yes, as in any uh, good regime, um, there's some uh, carve-outs. And in this case, uh, in the UAE's case, uh, you've got your government entities, of course, closely followed by your government-controlled entities for, for the simple uh, you know, reason, ultimately, if, if the purpose of the tax generation is to support the government, there would be no point in taxing your own government uh, entities uh, as well. So uh, uh, out of one pocket, in the other pocket. Then you also have your qualifying public benefit entities. Qualifying is just there to to indicate that there would be some conditions that you need to meet uh, in order to uh, to fall into uh, the ambit of of a qualifying public benefit entity. But uh, public benefit entity in itself, your your charitable entities. There's a couple of different types of entities that can fall into it. But your classic examples would be your your charitable entities. And then one of the main conditions I want to highlight in order to fall within uh, a qualifying public benefit entity is uh, the government has made it quite easy other than the conditions they've went out and listed by name the entities that fall within this uh, in this category, so to leave uh, no ambiguity there also some investment funds uh, again uh, conditions to fall within this or to qualify basically into a qualifying investment fund which should then be ultimately uh, exempt from, from corporate tax. There um, are some of the conditions there in terms of being regulated by a, a body. Yes, a qualifying body it needs to be regulated and then will be scrutinized by a qualifying body, um, if I will. Also your extractive businesses and, uh, and non-extractive natural resource businesses. So those are two industry carve-outs. That's also there. Okay, uh, that is a, a a brief summary of some of the categories of entities that are not or uh, that are think.
0: So, just to um, clarify, the extractive businesses would be things like oil and gas uh, industries and uh, non-extractive natural resources. Also, effectively, anything that would fall into mining and quarrying um, type of type of industries.
1: Yes, I, w- I, I would I would I would say yes to that, and and then I would leave it at that. As uh, as I'm not a, I'm not an expert of those industries, but uh, yes, in, in, in essence, that is what it covers.
0: Fair enough. And I mean, for those companies that aren't exempt, um, is there the possibility of any kind of tax relief?
1: Yes. Also, uh, you know, a common uh, item that you would see in legislation, uh, you know, internationally, and it just depends on how a specific government wants to apply that uh, type of relief. In the case of the UAE, uh try to make it extremely business friendly for for small businesses. So uh, if you have a revenue below uh, three million dirham, then you can elect to be subject to the small business uh, relief, which ultimately uh, means that you won't be taxable on your revenues, and uh, there would be some you know simplified compliance. You would not need to jump through all the the hoops of uh, a full blown uh, registration. Also to note that the small business relief is only relevant or valid for the time being until 2026, but that could always be rolled forward. So that is just uh, initially, basically a three a three year uh, grace period to test it. And then also, if uh, in terms of transfer of losses is a nice one uh, that's been brought in, and uh, classically, uh, if we pause here, it would be. Common knowledge that if if it's a if it's a tax loss within a tax group that it can be transferred, a loss can be netted off against the profit of another member of a tax group. But the interesting relief that's been provided in the legislation is if ownership is more than seventy five percent of one company in another, then it's possible actually without being in a tax group for the a loss to be actually carried or transferred over to another entity with that uh, meeting that 75% ownership threshold. And then, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, along the same lines for the forming of a tax group, if we are saying that's also just a different threshold, so it's worth noting that, which ultimately gives rise to the same type of relief of netting or loss against a a profit. Um, But you can only form a tax group if you have a minimum ownership threshold of 95% or more. So within that, there are some reliefs uh, also in the in the legislation.
2: And uh, could you explain, uh, maybe with some examples, uh, what is not taxable under the new corporate income tax?
1: Yes, sure. I think one that that, that jumps out, uh, and uh, it's always one of the first ones mentioned. If a list is created, uh, dividends, uh, dividends uh, from from a local shareholding, all of those dividends are exempt from corporate tax. Now, what about foreign dividends? They refer to it as a uh, participation exemption, and that uh, is uh, simply boils down to if you have ownership of more than five percent in uh, whatever is generating that dividend foreign dividend income for you, then that dividend income that you earn would also uh, have the same the similar the similar exemption. Uh, then, on a more technical note, uh, the concept of yeah of a free zone. Very contentious topic, uh, gaining a lot of a lot of attention in the build-up to the corporate tax release. For the fact, for the simple fact that the UAE, being you know, internationally business friendly, have set up many free zones, and a lot of these free zones. One of the main benefits of operating within a free zone would be that uh, a tax-free period. So the UAE is still stuck to the guns and uh, and and basically created a category called qualifying income and saying in a nutshell that if your entity is operating in a free zone but you generate uh, as a qualifying income that that qualifying income would be subject to 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 zero percent tax yes so for the time being I'll I'll leave it at that
2: okay and then just a final question from me and could you give us a bit more information about how the income tax is actually going to be calculated
1: Sure. Not too many surprises, uh, to be honest. It, form, uh, it follows a typical structure and that you would also have seen uh, across jurisdictions, uh, other jurisdictions. Um, first and foremost, your starting point is your, your profit before tax, your accounting profit before tax, uh, which makes it uh, it's a nice and easy starting point, at least. Everybody's familiar with the current financial statements. Now it's about just taking that that bottom number, profit before tax, and that's your starting point. Then you need to take into account uh, the certain elections that's uh, allowed in the law. Most of them would then be one-off elections and so not to getting too technical. But some of the uh, elections, for example, gives you the opportunity to decide whether or not you want to keep your unrealized gains and losses within your calculation or if you actually want to add it back. Here are pros and cons to both. And then after the elections, we we touched on it already, exempt income. So you identify whether, whether you have or earned any of the exempt income, uh, some I mentioned before, and you would obviously subtract that. And then you get the concept of a disallowed expenditure. Again, not to get stuck into too much detail, but ultimately, when you are incurring expenses that would not be linked to your business activity, as well as specific categories fines, penalties, um, donations that you make to, to non-specified or non-listed uh, public benefit entities and also 50% of entertainment expenditure. Those uh, items all need to be added back in the calculation. There's also an interest cap and that's applicable to, to the majority of the industries where if your interest expense is more than your, your interest income, then it gets capped to 30% of your EBITDA. And you know, and and that uh, additional uh, interest expense needs to be deducted in future future tax periods. Um, ultimately, uh, you get to the a taxable profit, and your first three hundred and seventy five thousand dirham uh, is subject to zero percent tax, and the remaining balance subject to to nine percent tax. This is obviously a plain vanilla in a scenario and not touching on as on and uh, the difficult. Uh, and the global minimum tax that could uh, that could come on top of and over and above the nine percent for, for large multinationals and bump the nine percent up to to 15 percent and lastly, after you've uh, calculated your tax, you can also or you need to consider whether you have a foreign tax credit or some withholding tax credits which you, which you can deduct, and your return is due nine months after your tax year end. And then also the payment would also be due. So I believe that is uh, hopefully not too technical, but that's a summary of how it's calculated.
0: That's a really great uh, summary. Thank you very much for that, Ludwig. Um, I guess as an economist, Jean, you and I, you know, we started talking about this, um, you know, late last year and and early this year to try and work out, given all of the exemptions and the carve outs um, from this corporate tax, how much? do we think that it could actually raise for the budget?
2: Yeah, it's pretty difficult to estimate the likely revenue with any great certainty. But we have generated an initial estimate based on a top-down approach using national accounts data. And we think that the tax could generate revenue equivalent to somewhere in the region of about 1.8% of GDP. So to put that into context, if we were to apply that one point eight percent to twenty twenty two nominal GDP, that's somewhere in the region of thirty three billion um, dirhams. Well. Wow. So it's not a—I mean, it's not actually a, a huge contribution given
0: the overall size of government revenues at the moment, which I think last year exceeded five hundred million uh, dirhams um but but you know clearly i suppose it's the putting it in place um, that's key and allowing the economy and businesses to adapt to a new tax regime and then potentially adjusting it at some point going forward so then that brings us to the other sort of macro question which is what are the other macroeconomic implications that introducing a new tax would have and can we draw on any similar experiences in other economies when we're looking at the the sort of cost-benefit analysis of, of introducing a, a new tax?
2: Um, yes, if you look at it from a firm's perspective, there are going to be a couple of um, out-of-pocket expenses that, they, that firms might face as a result of the tax. Um, and these could be things like purchases related to specialist accounting software, or perhaps they will have to hire additional headcounts, or there may be additional man hours for accountants or perhaps even the cost of hiring uh, professional consultants to help them navigate a tax system. Um, And these out-of-pocket expenses, together with the outright cost of actually paying the tax to the government, may mean that uh, firms have slightly less money available to invest in other areas, at least in the short term. But there should be some other benefits that we can set against that in the longer run, uh, and the first of that is going to be that by introducing corporate income tax, the UAE will become aligned with international best practices and standards. And that should improve transparency and oversight of finances of private sector businesses because firms are going to need to improve their financial record keeping. And then, lastly, and perhaps most importantly, even though it's not necessarily, as you said, a huge amount of money, that additional revenue should assist the individual emirates in paying down a bit of debt. um, And it will also provide them with an additional pot of money to support future spending on public services or infrastructure projects in coming years.
0: Right. So effectively, what we're saying is if the tax proceeds are reinvested in the economy through the government projects, then there shouldn't be an overall negative effect on, on growth. And what it does do, as you say, is broaden out the tax base and allow the budget to be a little bit less reliant on volatile oil revenues going forward, which is ultimately, I think, a a good thing. So thank you both Ludwig and Jan for your time and your insights into this new policy in the UAE. To the listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it. You can also find out more about the UAE's uh, new corporate income tax on the Emirates MBD Research website, along with all of our macro and market reports. So that's emiratesmbdresearch.com.